Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey gorgeous souls and welcome back to another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes. Today we have the gorgeous Rachel Gibbler with us. So if you don't know who Rachel is, Rachel is an entrepreneur, spiritual mentor, public speaker and host of the top 15 globally ranked podcasts, It's Fucking Spiritual. And I love that podcast name. Welcome to the show, Rachel. How are you doing? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, honestly, it's my pleasure. After coming on your podcast and having such a great chat, I thought, oh my gosh, we've got to bring this over tomorrow. We've got to go deeper with this. So I'm really excited for what you're going to share with our wonderful audience today. But Rachel, just before we get started into the manifestation goodness, I would love to ask you a question that I ask every guest who comes on the podcast. When did you spiritually awaken? What is your story? Oh, I could go so many different ways with this question, Um, but there's been many facets to my story and many facets that that I feel like spiritually awakening is a process. It's a journey. I don't know if it ever really ends. I'm still going (laughs) through deeper and deeper awakenings, but um, for the Cliff Notes version of my story, for anybody that doesn't know me, So I grew up um, really with no framework or belief system outside of myself. I would have considered myself, honestly, maybe atheist, although I didn't label it really anything. I just was kind of going through life, like not deeply connected to anything outside uh, outside of myself. And my entire world was rocked when I was 16 years old. Um, I was an only child to two incredible parents and uh, my father ended up dying in a freak accident. And when that happened, it really sent me on a downward spiral for like eight years, drug and alcohol abuse, abusive relationships, just treating my myself and my body really poorly and having 
just really no, it shattered my confidence completely because I was so angry at the world and I was really acting out in a lot of different ways. And I think that really comes back to not having any framework or belief of, of anything bigger at play. Right. I had no like faith in the universe or God or source or, or any of that. So when I was 23 years old, I was working a corporate job I hated 80 hours a week for somebody else and was running on this hamster wheel feeling like, gosh, I wish time would just stop so I could think for a moment. Mm. And throughout you know, those, that eight-year journey, I had always had a voice in the back of my head that said, this won't be all for nothing. Like one day you're going to make something of your story. One day you know, you're going to share and help people. But I just didn't know how to get there. And at the age of 23, I myself was in my own freak accident and I shattered my leg and it forced me to take a three months medical leave from my sales job. And for the first couple of weeks, you can imagine, I was like, this is my rock bottom. I'm pissed, like so angry. And then all of a sudden I had that voice. I had this knowing again, use this time wisely and this won't be all for nothing. And in that moment, I knew that that was my chance. And one day I would be sitting here telling this story that that was the rock bottom moment that I built the found my, the rest of my foundation upon. Mm-hmm. And so th- I'd say that was my first like big aha moment of really a life changing moment that changed the entire trajectory of my path. And from there, I, I always tell the story. I Googled how to be happy. That is where I started. I started very like simply And that's what, you know, found self-development for me. And I found mindset and, you know, affirmations and goal setting. I I really like to call it the front door of self-development, right? Like the very masculine front door. And I walked that path for a couple of years, changed my life in many ways, started my first company and uh, quit my corporate job. And then in 2020 is when I had my first really big spiritual awakening, which was a lot more say esoteric, but just a really beginning to, um, as I walked this path, just starting to question like the nature of consciousness and all of those things. And I had already been into manifestation, but I got into it in a much more, um, kind of quantum way. And yeah, then I've just continued to walk this path. It's entirely changed my life. My whole reality is different. How I relate to the world is completely different. And, uh, just, really it helped me reclaim my power and uh, the responsibility I have in my life. And it's just, yeah, it's changed everything. So it's been a really beautiful experience to walk the path. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. Because I know on, when I came on your podcast, we were both saying like how similar our journeys have been over the years and experiences with relationships and awakening. So it's really lovely to hear your story in full and hear all the things that have happened to obviously lead you to where you are today with your wonderful business and your podcast. So in your opinion, Rachel, what do you think leads us to experiencing negative or abusive relationships? Because I know a lot of people listening, I myself too, you you know, I, I've gone through this. A lot of us will have gone through this. So why do you feel like we experience these things in life? You know, I think it's for a variety of, of reasons. I'm of the belief that 
everything is happening for us. And I think that someone's in someone that is in that circumstance. I don't necessarily think that that's the best way to approach sharing that with them at the time. But now in hindsight, I see how in many ways I attracted things to complete a certain cycle in my life. So for me, um, I was attracting the way that I was really treating and feeling about myself. And so often, you know, we might go through something as a child um, and then we, in adulthood, end up repeating similar patterns so that we can basically really save that child or complete the cycle um, as an adult. And until we complete the cycle, until we learn different behaviors, until we learn the lesson, we tend to continually repeat the pattern. And so for me, the reason that I got into the abusive relationships I did was that I consistently gave my power away. And that was really my lesson was that I was very lost. I was very broken. I I didn't have any belief in myself. I believe I believed I wasn't worthy. And therefore my outward reality ended up reflecting that. And I can see that in hindsight now. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's in an abusive relationship now, I would say just find the strength within you, get out, be able to leave, and then you can start the healing process and the healing journey. But as I look back, I see that I really just gave my power away in so many different circumstances and really was, I wanted so badly to be loved and to be cherished and to be seen. And uh, the little kid inside of me who had lost a parent, right? Like really wanted that safety, wanted that security and gave that away outside of myself because I wasn't giving it to myself and I wasn't giving myself the love. I wasn't giving myself the security that I needed. And until I began to give myself that, I kept repeating the pattern. Mm, So, so true. And honestly, I can relate to so much of what you just said. Like I myself had exactly those same feelings. And, you know, I generally believe that's why I did attract continuous relationships of those themes, of those topics, with those circumstances, with those outcomes, because I wasn't learning. I wasn't, well, at the time I wasn't spiritual. I wasn't aware of any of this stuff. But obviously it can be really difficult to just, get up and walk out. Sometimes we may not even have awareness of emotional, physical, um, you know, even like spiritual abuse sometimes. Like there are so many different elements to emotional abuse specifically that I myself didn't know for a long time. That was what I was in until I was actually out of it. So what would your advice be for people who are like, well, that's great, Rachel, but I don't actually know how to leave. Like what would your top tips for people who are maybe thinking that seems impossible right now? Mm, Yeah. And I just want to preface too, like, you know, I'm not the expert on this, right? But I can speak from my, my personal experience. And for me, number one, it's awareness, like sitting with yourself, just there's, we can be go, go, go. We can be so wrapped up in something, but like our gut might be screaming, or even you might have physical sensations in your body. Like I remember my stomach was so messed up. I felt like really not good. At the time I was also, you know, binging on drugs and alcohol too, which is another part of of my story. I'm sober now, but you know, I had so many different factors as to why my body didn't feel good. But if I really got quiet enough to listen in the quiet of your mind, like 
your gut knows. Mm. Your gut knows. If you have that inkling that this isn't right, something isn't right, I don't feel right in this situation or scenario, number one, it's the willingness to admit it to yourself. So many times when we're in those situations, we don't even want to admit or we can like, we go straight from to our head, right? And like validate and make excuses and make reasons why they're doing the things that they're doing or why we deserve it. And you can get so brainwashed in those things. But if you get just quiet enough and you're, you have the willingness to admit to yourself that something isn't right, that's step one. Step two that really helped me was educating myself. So I would literally watch YouTubes on signs of being in an emotionally abusive relationship, signs of being with a narcissist, if that's, you know, something that resonates with you. Like there's a Dr. Romani on YouTube is phenomenal to watch her videos. But when you can start to actually see, because your reality gets so distorted when you are in a relationship like that. Seek sources outside of yourself that's not a friend, that's not people that are like, I mean, obviously seek your friends and your support system too, which would be step three, but like also seek factual things from therapists, from, you know, like people that are teaching this online so that you can begin to unravel the actual truth. And for me, that was like one of the biggest things was educating myself on what it actually looks like to realize I was in that. And then step three was leaning into, you know, friends and community that really have your back and that really support you. And doing those three things can start to help you unravel um, and hopefully take steps to, to leaving, right? And making a plan. You know, everybody's life is different. Of course, I was really fortunate at the time that I wasn't married. We didn't have kids together. Um, so it was much more simple to end up leaving besides the like psychological and emotional part. Mm -hmm. um, but if there is some really real life factors there, start with those first three steps and then start making a plan for yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that plan's so important, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. then you're leading from a place of empowerment, even if it doesn't feel like it, you're leading from that place of awareness, of clarity, of support with your loved ones, which is so important. So I know you say you're not an expert on it, but I feel like that was some fantastic advice. So thank you, Rachel, because I think it would really help people listening who, you know, because there's lots of videos online of like signs you're with a narcissist or signs you're with this. And I think it can also be quite a loud conversation, especially yes. now. But it's finding those right resources that resonate with you and that empower you and educate you to be able to make those decisions that are in alignment with you, that you know your gut. And I think as well, the one thing I definitely noticed during that time, which obviously didn't notice at the time because I didn't know, but now it's really clear is actually how unbalanced my nervous system was. If I was constantly in anxiety, constant, well, not constantly in depressive episodes, but constantly feeling that anxious feeling in my stomach and just feeling so wide and anxious and worrying and overthinking and never really having that moment of peace, so to speak. So even though I had a lot of these kind of spiritual tools under my belt already, um, you know, I didn't actually really connect it to the body or how my body was telling me these things either. And this is what brings me brilliantly into my next question. So Rachel, why is it so important to heal trauma within our body? How can we start to identify if we have any? Yeah. So I love this question. I love that you brought this up because so many of us can walk this like mindset, self-development path or like 
having the spiritual tools, you can make the vision board, you can do the affirmation, you can, you know, hustle your way to a lot of your goals and things that you want in your life. And I personally did that for, you know, many years after getting into this work. It wasn't until a little over a year ago, I had actually found myself in the middle of really my vision board reality that I wanted. And I ended up having a moment, I had a really big launch. And then I had a moment where I felt really depressed for maybe a couple of weeks. And what I realized was it wasn't the key. It wasn't the ticket to actually feeling better. And that I still had trauma that was stored inside of my body. And my nervous system had been so addicted to fight or flight. I went from, you know, abusive relationships and drug and alcohol abuse to really displacing that now into overworking, over goal setting, <laughs> over affirmationing myself, like those kinds of things. Right. And it, and then when I got all of the stuff that I thought was going to fix me, which again, that was a subconscious belief. I didn't actually, I wouldn't have told you that at the time, but I ended up getting the things I thought I wanted and I still felt the same. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, oh, this isn't the ticket. This isn't the key. What I'm actually desiring is a calm life, is a fulfilling life, is a life that feels just as good as it looks. And I'm still walking that path. And what I've learned on this part of my journey is that, you know, our nervous systems get um, really addicted to a certain cycle. So our bodies get addicted to certain chemicals where if we are constantly in anxiety, if we are constantly in um, a fight or flight mode, that's releasing certain chemicals in the body. So we are literally in a habitual pattern. So every single morning, if you wake up and you do the things the same way, you get your coffee, you get your breakfast, you complain about work, you scroll on social media, you get in traffic, then you, you know, feel, feel the road rage. It's, you're like literally addicted to a chemical cycle. This is something that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about all the time. And that becomes a habitual pattern. So still, until we start to get still enough to begin retraining the body and teaching the body that you are safe, you are calm, you are here. Like I started processing a lot of the emotions that were stuck in my body through somatic processing, through literally shaking, EFT tapping, breath work, started doing more somatic processes that allowed my body to release the stored trauma and then come back to a calm state. And it's, it's made all the difference. So to, to answer your question in a nutshell of why is it important, it's like, well, you can get all the things and you're still not going to feel better. That's why you see so many people that are, you know, have wealth or have celebrity that end up, you know, not having an actually fulfilling life. And it's because of exactly that. It's that it, nothing can heal the trauma that you feel in your body until you actually heal your body and your nervous system. Amen. And I saw a quote on Instagram the other day that said the true sign of success is a calm nervous system. And I was like, oh, yes, love that. So I saved it. I was like, yes, living by this. And honestly, Rachel, I know we've spoken about this before. But again, like I resonate with so much of what you just said, because 
I myself did exactly the same. I just threw myself into work because it was the one thing that was going well. It's the one thing I could rely on. It was the one thing that was so consistent, so stable in my life. And it brought me so much fulfillment, obviously helping people. But then you burn out. The nervous system can't keep at that level. And the peace the love, the, you know, the calmness that I was wanting to experience, you know, I wasn't cultivating that because again, I had no idea any of that trauma was underneath there. But equally, you know, that's what I was kind of taught that it was almost like, you know, you must think positive thoughts, like just get on with work, work's going well, throw yourself into something that's going to really help other people. Um, And like yourself after that launch, you know, you just hit this kind of like downfall where you're like, am I a fraud? Like what's going on? Like I'm helping people manifest. I'm like manifesting all these amazing things, but what's gone wrong? What's happened? So I think a lot of people feel this and I feel like not enough people talk about it and not enough people say, you know, it's okay to realize that it's okay to manifest all those things and realize. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's maybe not what you want. That's what the journey of life is, right? We need to discover what we don't want to discover what we do want. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and I think it's something that you just, as you continue to walk the path, you start to uncover more things. And it's not necessarily wrong or bad. We all have to to walk that path of, like you said, like throw yourself into work, help people. I was doing that at the time. I was coaching. I was, you know, had programs. I had already launched my podcast. It's just, you don't, if you don't have that level of awareness, like how would you know? Right. (laughs) And so I think it's something that, like you said, so many people go through because we're taught and we live in a society that like achieve these things, have this stuff. This is what's going to make you fulfilled and happy. And until you actually get it, you might not really understand that that's really not the key. So I feel so fortunate that that happened to me pretty early on in my career so that I could make a lot of shifts. Um, And I love that quote of like the sign of success is a calm nervous system because that is so incredibly true. 
Mm, definitely. But I want to talk more about a topic I really love um, working with and sharing with people. And I know you do too, Rachel. So let's talk all things inner child. So yeah. how could working with our inner child help us to unlock abundance? Mm, that's a good question. So oftentimes our inner child, there, all of us are adults. You're everybody that you see on the street is walking around with an inner child. At one point we were all a child, right? We were all a child that wanted to be heard, seen, acknowledged, loved, and cared for. And so when we go through things in childhood, your subconscious mind is formed from the ages of zero and seven. And what we know now scientifically is that your subconscious is responsible for 95% of the thoughts that you think, right? And the way that you act in your life. So the things that we attract, we attract to us subconsciously and the things that we go through, the patterns that we have. So if you aren't experiencing the fulfillment that you want in life, the money that you want in life, the um, relationships, the community, like all of the different things, a lot of that can come down to, well, the subconscious mind is running the show. And the subconscious mind is such an ally for you. It's trying to keep you safe. So there's nothing that's actually inherently bad or wrong or broken about you. So anything that you say to yourself, right, whether that anything that's negative, like, I procrastinate. I can't do that. You know, oh, I've always been this way. Really, it's just a subconscious. We call them, you know, you hear limiting beliefs all the time, but it's the inner child that is also trying to keep you safe. It's kind of really one and the same. And so the things that we went through as a child where we determined that's not safe that's not something I can do, even if it's like kids on the playground that made fun of you, right, for being a certain way and you decided something about the way the world was, we end up um, really exiling certain parts of ourselves. And so working with the inner child, which really looks like creating a dialogue with the little you, learning to acknowledge yourself again, learning to giving your, to give yourself love again, you're really learning how to honor and love your inner child. You're teaching your inner child that it's actually safe to go out there and put yourself out there or do the things that it is that you want to do or walk the path, which inherently ends up attracting abundance. So really healing my inner child has been huge for me because like we're taught as adults to climb the ladder, do the thing, achieve, get the stuff. And we like really ignore the inner parts of ourselves that want to feel seen, heard, and acknowledged. So even going back to talking about the abusive relationships, like that was a pattern that my subconscious attracted because I didn't feel those things, because I didn't feel safe, because I didn't feel secure, and I wasn't able to give that to myself. So you can begin creating a dialogue with the highest self you, the adult you, the true you of who you are, and start to reparent your younger self by creating a dialogue with the parts of you that don't feel safe to begin to bring those parts together again and to begin to love all parts of yourself. And as you continue to do that, it begins, the, the world gets much safer, safer because you find safety within yourself. Mm. And it's all about that safety, isn't it? And I feel like 
having that connection with your inner child can just be so magical because a lot of us don't know it's there and rightly so you know we're not taught these things in school we're not you know unless you're aware of our you know like the teachings that are out there in this spiritual and self-help community you're not gonna know about it but you know there have been so many just amazing moments that I've witnessed within myself of my own relationship with my inner child and with clients when they've connected to their inner child and it's just such a magical practice and I think it really just helps us to connect back to that childhood magic connect back to that joy connect back to that innocence where we can bring them into the manifesting process we can bring them in and make them feel you know included in our desires included in our life choices included into our day-to-day activities and you know whatever we're doing so I think it's such a beautiful relationship to nurture because it unlocks so much for you doesn't it it does and I think another thing I want to add to that is like if look at a little kid they're just full of awe and wonder and joy and fun and play. And as we go, you know, as we grow up, we're taught we have to do a certain thing, act a certain way. You know, we're too much. We're, we can't have that same sense of childlike wonder and joy. But if imagine if you were to bring that sense of wonder and awe with you, bring that sense of play, bring that sense of joy, and just make life a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you approached your life with the sense of childlike joy that you once had, or if you have kids that you see your kids have, that alone, just focusing more on joy and play will help you reparent your inner child even more than a dialogue may. Um, So I also want to just say that as well as like, just start incorporating more fun into your day and see what happens. Mm-hmm. go and try it guys you will not regret it <laughs> so Rachel let's talk more about manifestation and our favorite topic so what are your favorite manifestation practices or rituals that you love to do mm. so I think this really varies uh, depending on what I'm feeling but and I also want to say a caveat is that it's so much more about why you are doing the practices and the intention of the practice than it is about checking the practice off of a list. So that really matters. But for me, going on the topic of inner child right now, so I have pictures on my bathroom mirror of me as a little kid and a little girl. And every single morning I speak into her and, you know, like how much I love her, how much she's protected, how much she is um, just a welcome she's how much she's welcome here. And so I do a lot of like mirror work and mirror affirmations right now. So that's something that's really alive for me at the moment, um, as well as a lot of different breath work and meditation. So that's been really helpful. But for me, writing out, journaling out, making sure that you're creating a process of awareness and a process of your patterns, like a lot of manifestation is also shadow work. It's also like an awareness of uh, it's not just like decide what you want, decide why you want it and, you know, take action steps to having it, release the how. All those, those are all great things and they're all true. It's only half of the equation. It's also looking at your patterns. It's it's doing the shadow work. It's healing your nervous system. It's reparenting your inner child. So the practice is on the surface for me right now. I do a lot of journaling. I do either breath work and meditation practices, do a lot of things that cultivate awareness. That is the why. So cultivating awareness of what are my current patterns? What is it it, that I'm doing? A journal prompt that I'm doing every single day right now is at the end of the day, I'm asking myself, what is it that I learned today? 
so that I can extract the lessons from every single day and what am I acknowledging myself for today. So what that's doing is it's also reparenting my inner child. It's also allowing me to acknowledge myself. It's allowing me to take the lessons. It's allowing me to look at how I've grown. Um, So that's something that's really alive for me right now in this moment. I do some bigger manifestation practices as well that aren't maybe every single day, but I do sit down and do future scripting um, where I will script out like my year. So every year I do, you know, this year on December 31st, um, you know, 2023, I have and I write every single thing in present tense. Um, I used to read it every single day. I don't personally read it every single day now, but it's so wild when I do some of those bigger practices. looking back and I'm like, whoa, all of these different things have been checked off the list and these things have happened. But for me right now, it's less about the really big vision board. I have a vision board, you know, it's, but it's, it's less about those things. It's more about what I'm doing every single day to recalibrate my nervous system, to cultivate an awareness, to extract the lessons and also acknowledge myself on a day-to-day basis. And I think that has been my ultimate manifestation practice right now is like, recalibrating myself every single day, um, back into alignment, back into truth and, um, back into the direction that it makes sure I'm walking the the path that it is that I want to be walking. Mm, and it's so important because I feel like you said at the beginning that we can get so caught up in the doing, the practices, well, so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so is doing that. Oh, I haven't done my gratitude. I haven't done my list. I haven't done my 55 times five. I haven't done my cup, like whatever it is. You know, there's so many wonderful, amazing techniques out there. But I feel like sometimes we do get lost in the, the first step of ask in that practice, you know, with our practices, with what we're doing when actually, like you say, and I found like I'm a hundred percent exactly the same I found that my most powerful manifestations and this season of my life where I feel like almost manifesting is effortless is coming through that regulated nervous system is manifesting through regulation and manifesting through um, neutrality regulation and peace rather than just well am I setting enough intentions or am I doing this it's actually how can I do less and support myself, but equally have that intentional practice where I'm still setting intentions, but actually the focus is that inner, is that nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think I, I couldn't agree more. I, at the beginning of my journey, I got really caught up on like checking all the boxes of a morning routine and making sure that I'm doing all the things. And it's become naturally incorporated into my life more of like just shifting into gratitude, shifting into how is this serving me, shifting into extracting the lesson. Um, but people, what I see and what I see with my clients and my community is that they'll get really caught up on, I need to do these things and check these boxes And if they don't do it, it actually ends up hindering them for the day. Like, oh, I'm nothing without my morning routine. I have to make sure that I'm, you know, doing all these things and then they end up beating themselves up. And it's actually does the opposite of what it's intended to do, because then you become really, it has a hold on you. Right. And so that's the opposite of like the actual point of it. The point is for that way of being to be integrated into your life. And so I think it's really important, like to find your own strategy, to find your own rhythm, to find your own flow and to try on different things and allow it to ebb and flow, knowing the purpose of why it is that you're doing it. 
setting the intention, right? Like shifting to gratitude, acknowledging yourself, all of those different things really matter. But how you get there and the vehicle in which you get there gets to change and ebb and flow over time as you do. Mm. And it's important we honor that for ourselves. You know, what works for me may not work for you. What works for you may not work for me. So we've got to find what fits, what feels good, what resonates, what brings us joy. Because I think sometimes, as you were saying there, you know, people can focus too much on what am I doing? And it's actually zapping the joy. It's actually zapping the whole reason of why we're doing it, right? Because then it feels like a chore. It feels like, well, I have to do that. When it's actually, no, you're choosing to do that. Like you're you know, you can choose whatever you want to do. If you want to do it, fantastic. If you don't, that's okay too. So I think it's giving yourself permission, isn't it? To really just explore, have fun, explore. And the inner child loves that as well. To just go with the flow instead of that rigid adult, we must do things by the book. We must do things how everyone else has done things because, you know, it's just not going to work for everybody. We're seven, eight billion people now on the planet. We've all got different likes and dislikes and we're all different, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) So what do you, Rachel, believe is the secret to unlocking and manifesting your dream life? Mm. Honestly, what we've talked about already, which is a calm nervous system. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that, nothing else is really going to matter. And all the things that you think you want in your dream life aren't they won't feel how you thought they were going to feel. The whole reason that we're doing anything that we're doing or why we're chasing the things that we're chasing is because we want to chase a feeling. It's because of how we think that we're going to feel when we get there. So if you can focus more on regulating your nervous system and releasing a lot of the blocks that might be holding you back, it's like you naturally are abundant. You naturally are a master manifester. You naturally are a co-creator with the universe and have you were one in, uh, there's a one in like a trillion chance or whatever that you were going to be born as you. And so you're already a miracle. And when you begin to really recognize that, like you're already worth your dream life. If you can just get quiet enough, begin to calm and regulate your nervous system, everything else is going to fall into place after that. Amen to that, Rachel. I love that. And I feel like you've answered the next question perfectly, but I'm sure you're going to hit us with even more amazing advice anyway. But what is one piece of life advice that you'd like to leave my lovely listeners with today? Mm. If I could check in with myself and with my body, I would say your body knows the answers of what to do. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that and why it's so potent for me right now in this moment, I feel like it's almost a thread of what we've talked about today. If you get quiet enough to listen, you'll feel what feels right in your body, in your gut and in your intuition and what your next step is. And a question that I always ask myself to decide my next step is, does this feel expansive for me or does this feel draining to me? And something you, whether that's leaving an abusive relationship or it's starting that new, you know, company and taking the leap to be an entrepreneur or whatever it is for you, something that feels expansive also might still feel scary, but in your body, it feels expansive. 
Whereas if something feels like you should do it and everything in your head tells you you should, but in your body it feels draining or contracting, if you get quiet enough to listen, your body holds the key to everything that you desire. So that's what I'll leave you with. And what a gem you're leaving us with there, Rachel. It reminds me though, because I literally saw a post actually in my um, Law of Attraction support group this morning of a lady saying that she was making a big life-changing decision and she'd asked for this really specific sign from the universe of what she should do. And she was seeing it and saw it three times, but it wasn't quite her sign. So what should she do? And I said, like, get still, go into silence, breathe into your body, tune into your intuition. I feel like sometimes we can put so much... Um, focus on the external, focus on the universe, you know, literally like shining a light down, being like, this is what you should do, Rachel and Emma, when actually sometimes it's not like that, is it? We have to make those decisions for ourselves. So I love what you shared. Yeah, thank you. Asking for a sign is already a sign. There's a lot of... Amen. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Amazing, Rachel. So where can my lovely listeners find you if they want to learn more about your work? Yes, come hang out with me. I'm primarily on Instagram at Rachel Gibbler, which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes. And of course, come listen to the It's Fucking Spiritual podcast. We are out on all platforms on Spotify, Apple. I already have 111 episodes and we are about to launch the second season and you are going to be on it as well. So can't wait for that. And uh, if you did find me from this episode, please DM me and uh, say hi. I love to welcome new community members and would love to hear your takeaways from the show. Amazing. And I'll put a handy clickable link to Rachel's work in the description so you can go and check that out super easily. But thank you so, so much, Rachel, for coming on today. It's honestly been such a joy hearing all your wonderful words of wisdom, all your pearls of advice. So thank you so much for everything that you shared today. Thank you for having me. So thank you so much, Gorgeous Souls, for listening to Rachel and I's conversation today. I really hope you enjoyed our episode. And of course, you can find a clickable link to Rachel's work in the description below. And if you want to find out anything more about myself, my books, my coaching, my videos, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much, Gorgeous Souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and likes. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here, because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget, you can also join my free Law of Attraction support support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things law of attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week whatever you are up to and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode which will be next week. Lots of love. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.